This week in this segment, we are previewing the college football season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And for a preview of this season in general, nationwide, we're now joined in the sports zone by Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Mr. Bender, are you ready for college football? I just told Kayla, if I'm going to hear from you guys, then I know it's close. Uh, great to talk with you. We can go wherever you want now. You just uh, fire away. I've got things to fire away. In, in, in detail here so here we go let's start with sec the sec media days they're going uh they started this morning uh so let's, let's start with the defending national champions uh what do we expect from uh the national champions with a new quarterback and what do we expect from carson beck i mean more of the same you watch their spring game and they had eight different receivers catch a pass of 20 yards or more. They've got Brock ba- I mean, any new quarterback, I would just look for Brock Bowers and see if he's open <laughs> yeah. and start there. Um, they've got talent all over the place. The roster is loaded. Obviously, doesn't have the same on-field experience that Stetson Bennett had. But, you know, it's kind of like, like the Ravens would be my comparison. It had, to me, before Lamar, where – it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is because they've got everything else on that team. And Todd Bunkin has gone to the Ravens to be their offensive coordinator. So so what's the formula for Georgia to become uh, the first team to win uh, three consecutive national championships since the 1930s? Right. I mean, not get complacent, but also, I mean, I – we're not going to be talking about Georgia on the field tomorrow. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about Georgia off the field with all yeah. these strings of arrests and off-the-field problems that aren't necessarily indicative of a two-time national championship program. That's been a stunning part of this offseason. So I think Kirby's probably going to talk a lot about player behavior tomorrow. And now on the field, Bob, I think we've entered the where-were-you territory. And, and you guys being in Arizona – I know where I was when Arizona State beat Nebraska after they won two in a row and where I was during the kick six and where I was, what's the other one? Oh, when Texas beat USC. You don't get a chance to see a three-peat often. That is true. Uh, Alabama, uh, do they have a national championship-level quarterback? They still have a national championship-level roster. You know, I know, I think people are off them a little more than they should be because because of the quarterback position, we've been conditioned and spoiled to see them with first-round caliber quarterbacks when, you know, whether it's Tyler Buckner or J.Lo Milrow. I watched Jake Coker win a national championship there. Now, granted, he was handing off to Derrick Henry and had a (laughs) crazy good defense behind him. So, yeah, it can happen. But am I being too dramatic there when I say that I think they're being a little bit undervalued, if that's possible? Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into LSU in more detail later this week. But is there another SEC team that, I don't know, if, you know, so, so-called sleeper team that could make a run here, at least in the conference this year? Well, I mean, I don't count LSU as, or Tennessee as sleepers because they, they had good seasons. They'll be ranked in the top ten. I think outside of that, the team to watch for would possibly be <laughs> – I'm going to say it on air, and then you and Kayla can replay this and then just you know later in the season. How about Texas A&M? How about mm. five-star quarterback, decent roster, Bobby Petrino's touch on the offense? Now this is a lot of if this happens, and if this happens, and if this happens. 
But, I mean, I've watched them beat Alabama two years ago and almost beat them last year, so it's not like they don't have the talent on the roster to do it. Bill Bender, the Sporting News, curling the sports zone. First of our five uh, previews of the college football season this week in this segment. Okay, so let's go from elite conference to not so elite. The Pac-12, um, it appears they're going to be very top-heavy. I think they might have six good teams. After that, it's pretty bad. But what tops your you know things to look for in the Pac-12? They do have the best collection of quarterbacks in the country. I, I mean, I would start there. With, starting with the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix led the nation in total offense, and some speculative good quarterbacks. I think D.J. Yuangalele will do well at Oregon State. I think Dante Moore's a guy to watch at UCLA, a really exciting freshman they pulled out of the Midwest here. And, and even you know at Arizona and Arizona State, Arizona State has quarterback depth. I mean, that's for sure. And a new coach that did a really good job with Bo Nix. So I think this collection of quarterbacks within the conference is going to be very exciting to watch all season. Michael Penix at Washington's one of those guys. They didn't play USC or Utah last season. This year they play them both on consecutive Saturdays in November. Do you believe in the Huskies this year? I do. I mean, and I don't consider them a sleeper because, again, they won all those games last year. Dylan DeBoer did a nice job. Penix has two returning 1,000-yard receivers and two edge rushers that, I mean, Braylon Trice was probably a first-round pick this year. So when you have all of that come back, I mean, there's a little bit of an all-in feel to it. And, and of course, Washington is the last Pac-12 team to reach the playoffs. So I've got that USC game circled because think about it. There could be a lot of things on the line there, Pac-12 championship positioning, uh, playoff hope, and the Heisman Trophy with Caleb Williams and Michael Penix, who, like I said, led the nation in total offense with over 360 yards per game last season. Talking college football with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Michigan has won the game the last two years. They host Ohio State this year. Is Michigan now the clear team to beat, and does Ohio State have a championship-level quarterback? Uh, It's a coin flip game to me, which is what that's. If people say, well, as the rivalry rivalry turns, it wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State was favored when that game rolls around in November, just like they were last year. I think uh, Michigan has done and taken great steps to even out a rivalry that was very one-sided. Now, Ohio State, of course, that is going to hinge on Kyle McCord and how he operates, which, you know, to me, I mean, come on, there was questions about C.J. Stroud when he took that starting job, and look what he did the last two years. It's not that complicated, really, Bob. You just throw the ball to Marvin Harrison, and you'll do okay. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good, no doubt. Okay, ex-Buckeye, Luke Fickle, now the head coach of Wisconsin. Does he elevate the Badgers back to you know, prominence this season? And I'm, I'm just curious, does the air raid offense work in the Big Ten in the cold weather months? Well, that's what we're going to find out. I think the radical transition of this offense might not be as radical as some people think because even though they're going to do a Phil Longo-style attack, they still can handle hand the ball to Braylon Allen. They can still run the ball in a – you can run power football out of the shotgun. It, Ohio State did that with Urban Meyer the first couple of years. Remember, they would just line up and hand it to Carlos Hyde, and I think they could do that yeah. here. Um, so I think definitely his style will do well there, his talent development 
is very good. Would not surprise me if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten West this season and only gets better as we get into the 12-team playoff era. All right, the Big 12 has been the you know, actually 10 teams. Now they got 14 teams for at least one more year. Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC after this season. Does you know the, the how does you know, the fact that OU and in Texas are leaving after this year? Does it, are they going to have targets on their back? Does that make a difference how you handicap the Big Twelve this year with those two teams? Yeah, I mean Texas in particular is picked to win it and super talented, and we do this every year. I do this every year. I think I've come on your show four or five times and said Texas is going to be very good this year. Um, they got to start winning one four games and. Their farewell tour in particular, they have to go to Texas Tech. They have to go to Houston. They have to go to Baylor and TCU. All in-state schools, all hostile environments. And there's something to that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty hostile. But I've said this all along. I don't think those other Big 12 schools are necessarily sad to see those two go. Quinn Ewers, uh, if he gets off to a slow start, is there an over-under for Arch Manning to be the starting quarterback? Well, I mean, Malik Murphy's pretty good, too. Malik Murphy had a a good spring game. So I I think they're going to ride with Quinn all the way through this year. And and Arch will generate some hype, obviously. But, I mean, really, I guess the test case will be, let's see how he does when they play at Alabama in week two. And and that may be a barometer for the season. I can build up Texas all I want. If they go to Bryant-Denny Stadium and get crushed, it's not going to matter. So, I think that's something to keep in mind as we look ahead to the season is Quinn Ewers is their guy, looks comfortable in the offense, has a lot around him, and I don't. I, I think if Steve Sarkeesian has it his way, that Arch Manning probably won't be the starter until next year. Okay, we started this. I mentioned SEC Media Day. Uh, the Media Week is underway, so let's kind of continue with the uh, and finish up with the Media Day theme here. What can we learn from watching this, you know, flood of conference media days? You know, the Big 12 did theirs last week and the next couple of weeks pretty much everybody does. So what what, what should we be looking for to try to learn something here? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're going to hear the word culture a lot. And, you know, we didn't even touch on last week, but I hear culture all the time. And if you would have told me which school is going to get a scandal in the offseason, one of my last guesses would have been Northwestern. Yeah. So, I mean, that can be empty listening sometimes. So I always encourage college football fans to really take what's said at media day with a grain of salt. Don't overreact to anything high or low. And that's kind of what these coaches prefer. I mean, that's, um, you know, Nick Saban will command a lot of attention this week. He always does. Dion will command a lot of attention. He always does. And, you know, those Big Ten coaches will be buttoned up as usual when I see them in Indianapolis next week. Although Jim Harbaugh may throw a curveball or two. (laughs) <laughs> it's true he's been known to throw a curveball or two in the past for sure bill good talking to you the official start of the college football season is here so thanks and we'll be uh catching up with you throughout the season thanks hey no problem thanks for having me on take care you too bill bender the sporting news excellent stuff